Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, January 9th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Donald Trump backs away from military action against Iran. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen meets Boris Johnson for the first time since last month's UK election, and tech and showbiz join forces on a $1.4 billion video app. Plus, the FT's Chloe Cornish reports on Carlos Ghosn's first public appearance since his escape from Japan. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. As Donald Trump addressed the United States on Wednesday morning, many wondered, would this be the beginning of a war with Iran? The night before, Iran fired more than a dozen missiles at two U.S. bases in Iraq. It marked the first response by Iran to the American assassination of its general, Qasem Soleimani. But Mr. Trump said the attack had resulted in, quote, minimal damage and that the U.S. would not respond with military force. Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. He did promise that the U.S. would impose more economic sanctions on Iran. Plus, he asked the remaining signatories of the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran to back out and called on NATO to get more involved in the Middle East. I'm joined by the FT's Katrina Manson in Washington, D.C. Katrina, the president laid out his ambitions with respect to Iran, but are they are they actually feasible? I think when you speak to Trump administration officials, this package makes enormous sense to them. And uh, they think it is uh, very obvious that Iran should speak to the U.S. and develop a deal that deals with everything that the Trump administration finds difficult about Iran. However, when you speak to the other side and try and understand how this might work, there doesn't seem to be much room for a diplomatic gathering. And so it, it's not clear even how you get that conversation going. But More to the point, it's not just about logistics. It's about the fact that the Europeans don't agree still with backing out of this deal. China and Russia are also still party to the deal. More sanctions will hurt Iran, but they may also crystallize the fury that many Iranians feel over the death of Soleimani. But that's not to say that the the, the sort of dance towards diplomacy is in any way clear at this stage. In the middle of all this, uh, Ukrainian flight taking off from Tehran crashed on takeoff. An Iranian official told me it was an accident. Intelligence officials from the US are still looking into this. They have not yet concluded it was an accident. They're desperately trying to follow leads and find out what really is happening. But it's hard to do that when you don't have a diplomatic relationship. Usually, transport security administration officials would send their own people directly to the site to help with the investigation. And obviously, that's not possible in in the case of US-Iran relations. Um, Iran also has said that it will not release the black box. That's the sort of device that tries to record everything that happens in the flight. So it's, it's an extra layer of mystery and an extra layer of tragedy on top of what is already happening. Katrina was referring to the Ukraine International Airlines flight that crashed just after takeoff from Tehran early on Wednesday morning. All 176 passengers and crew about the Boeing 737-800 plane were killed. It marks the third Boeing jet crash in the past 15 months. In a statement, Boeing said it was, quote, ready to assist in any way needed. On Wednesday, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen made a visit to London. 
It was the beginning of discussions with Boris Johnson on what a relationship between the EU and Britain would look like after Brexit. The UK Prime Minister has been dead set against Britain's post-Brexit transition period going beyond the end of 2020. And in a speech at the London School of Economics yesterday, Ms. von der Leyen said if this was the timeline the UK was choosing, tough decisions would need to be made. Without a level playing field on environment, labor, taxation and state aid, you cannot have the highest quality access to the world's largest single market. Brussels has yet to spell out exactly what it wants, and Ms. von der Leyen refused to get into further detail on Wednesday. But what we do know is that the EU will withdraw its offer of tariff-free and quota-free trade with Britain if Mr. Johnson does not play ball. Is quibby a noun or a verb? I've got quibby and I need to go to the hospital right now. What is quibby? Couldn't tell you. That's the sound of Hollywood celebrities Chrissy Teigen, Kiefer Sutherland, and Liam Hemsworth in a promotional video for the mobile video startup Quibi. Now, if you don't know what Quibi is, you'd probably be forgiven. It's a mobile video startup that's meant to deliver Hollywood-caliber short-form videos, no more than 5 to 10 minutes long, and it'll cost between 5 and 8 bucks a month. It was developed by tech entrepreneur Meg Whitman and showbiz veteran Jeffrey Katzenberg. The duo showed off the star-powered $1.4 billion service at the Las Vegas Consumer Electronics Show on Wednesday. Their core pitch, that traditional filmmaking is still playing catch-up with the technological leap of the smartphone. The company is promising 1,000 hours of content in the first year. Investors say the base case for the business relies on securing around 20 million subscribers over five years and generating $2 billion in revenue. A third of that is expected to come from ads. Quibi is set to launch in the U.S. in April. And here's a story you should know more about. On Wednesday, former Nissan chairman Carlos Ghosn said he was doing what he had been waiting to do for more than a year. Tell his side of the story. Mr. Ghosn was arrested in Japan in 2018 on financial misconduct charges. He's since made a truly unbelievable escape to Beirut. But he didn't want to talk about that during a press conference on Wednesday. Instead, Mr. Ghosn focused on what he perceived to be the failures of the Japanese justice system and how he believes Nissan played a role in his eventual downfall. The FT's Middle East correspondent, Chloe Cornish, was at the press conference. She has more. I actually didn't see him for quite a few minutes after he entered the room. Just so thick was the scrum of photographers and reporters around him as he was coming in. Carlos, he was wearing a pink tie. And to start with, he didn't look super comfortable, but he really, really got into the swing of things. Right. So, Chloe, what did Mr. Gohan have to say? He was at times slightly rambling, didn't always keep to script, I think. But he was really, really harsh about the Japanese judicial system. And he described his time in detention he said that he was allowed out for only 30-minute breaks. He said he was only allowed to shower twice a week. So really painting this picture of deprivation, really, um, while he was in prison. And then he went on to talk more about why he thought he was subject to what he calls a kind of conspiracy to oust him from his position as chairman of the Renault-Nissan alliance. I have come to learn that my unimaginable ordeal over the past 14 months is a result 
of a handful of unscrupulous vindictive individuals at Nissan at the Latam and Watkins law firm with the support of the Tokyo Prosecutor Office. But what he didn't do was actually name any names of Japanese government officials that he alleged are involved in this plot to bring him down. And he said the reason he didn't want to do that was because he did not want to inflame tensions between Japan and Lebanon, the country that he's arrived in and where he said he's really appreciating the hospitality. So, Chloe, what's next for Mr. Ghosn? What can we expect? So he wants to clear his name, basically. So he says he'd like to have a trial somewhere possibly in Lebanon, which the strongest indications we've had so far is that that might possibly be able to happen in Lebanon, although it's very unlikely we think that the Japanese government or Japanese prosecutors will want that to happen. But he also said that Brazil and France, where he held citizenship, he said maybe he could pursue justice in Brazil or France. He said there was a possibility that he could get the red notice from Interpol, which is the notice that Interpol has given to Lebanon to ask Lebanon to temporarily arrest Mr. Rossin. He said he thought they could get that cancelled. And if he could get that cancelled, he might be able to leave Lebanon and move a bit more freely. Because as it stands, if he goes into another country, he could get arrested under that Interpol red notice. So he mentioned as well during the press conference that he was prepared to stay in Lebanon for a long time. Like he, he said he understood that and he was he was OK with it. He, he said he was happy in Lebanon and uh, didn't feel that he was imprisoned there. He said, you know, in Lebanon, I'm surrounded by friends and people who believe in me and respect me. And that makes a big difference after the ordeal that I've been through. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.